Welcome to the Wake Up Call podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Hopkins. By day I work in corporate, but I have an obsession with all things personal development. So I became a life coach and started this podcast as a way to help others break free from living a life that's good on the outside and wake up to the one they actually want. When I got to my most uncertain place, all I wanted was someone to say, hey Alicia, you're a little off course and this is what you need to do. That's what I wanna be for you. This podcast is a place where I want to share my experiences and provide you with community, knowledge, and inspiration to make change in your life. Sometimes we get a little lost and need help course correcting. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let this be your wake up call. Now let's get started. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Wake Up Call podcast. We hear a lot about self-care these days, and you might even find yourself wondering why the heck is it so important? For a long time, I thought self-care meant being mindful of what you put in your body and go exercise. And while yes, this absolutely can be a part of it, it encompasses so much more. The real buzz around self-care is what it leads to. And that's the connection to self and discovering your own personal power. Our world makes it so easy to be disconnected from ourselves. We have distractions literally everywhere. And if you're not careful, you may find yourself wondering, what do you even want in your life anymore? Because for me, I know when I have been filled with constant distractions, all that my brain is surrounded with is noise. So how could you even be clear on what you want? It makes it so easy for other narratives than your own to determine the course of your life. If you feel like you've lost your voice, your boundaries are non-existent, and you struggle with things like perfectionism and people-pleasing, the need for self-care is crying out for you. In today's episode, my friend Jasmine Egner and I have an intimate conversation about self-care and how it's the key to presence, which allows you to decide how you show up in your life. I think this conversation is going to get you to see self-care in a new light. I know it did for me. I've had this weird relationship around the word self-care. But in this conversation with Jasmine, I've come to see it differently, and it only solidifies the need for each and every one of us to make self-care or taking better care of ourselves an absolute must, not a want to, it's a need to. So without further introduction, let's jump into this week's episode. So Jasmine, thank you so much for being here today. And I could not think of a more perfect guest to kind of dig into this conversation. Um, How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm so thankful to connect with you. Um, You know, it's really showing up a lot in my life, this this theme of like personal power, authentic self. I can see where I kind of separated. I took a different path and kind of deviated from operating kind of how I'm really, I know I'm meant to operate. And through conversations we've had, I know you've expressed to me some similar, you know, scenarios or feelings that you've had. And you've also talked about how self-care and really tuning into yourself has been a major, you know, conduit for connecting to yourself. Could you tell me a little bit more about what self-care, self-wellness means to you? A little bit more than a bubble bath, (laughs) like a hell of a lot more than a bubble bath. (laughs) 
to me, self-care really means tuning into what I need. It's essentially taking care of myself, right? It means caring for myself, as in really putting my own needs first. Like that's that's the thing that I'm focusing on really right now. Putting myself first, and not in a narcissistic way, you know, like not every woman fancy that I have comes first, but it's really learning to care for myself because I think that's something that many of us have really not been raised to do or not been raised to do very well because conditioning, right? We've been conditioned by people who've been conditioned by people who've been conditioned by people. <laughs> and it's usually self-care doesn't, doesn't figure in or hasn't for many, many generations figured into it. So we're still suffering the consequences. So for me, it's really about checking in, taking my time. And I take my time with my answers usually as well. <laughs> and noticing, noticing what's true and what's not true. What of the stories that I've been told? What of the stories that I tell myself? What's true? What do I need? What do I don't need? What do I desire? What do I not desire? I yeah. love that. And I really appreciate your perspective because to be honest, I've kind of had this weird struggle with the word self-care because, and probably, right, my background is in healthcare and the phrase self-care just sounds so like topical. And maybe it's just because I'm used to reading like nurses notes where it's like, <laughs> provide this care for two times a day for this duration. And when you just explained it as caring for yourself and that might sound so elementary but like i had a light bulb moment when you said that because that's really what it is and it is so much more than a bubble bath it's really that tuning in and i think for a long time i even misinterpreted self-care as health and wellness meaning like what am i putting in my body am i exercising and i really disregarded the like kind of the mental the mind the connection piece of it did you ever find that to be your experience or how did you come to see it as like connecting of that it's so much more than the bubble bath absolutely i i i've been through all sort of stages with uh, nutrition and exercising and like i've been probably on every extreme i've struggled with eating disorders i've over exercised i've under exercised you know i've again i've really not been raised to know how the body really works like many of us you know there's there's so much information out there that's that's borderline untrue or it just doesn't work for everybody so it's a lot about experimenting and i've I have experimented. Oh boy, have I experimented. <laughs> I think I came to realize what self-care means for me when we spoke about this earlier, the universe started screaming at me because it'd been whispering for a while and I'd been ignoring it. And just, I, I had to check in and I had to really learn, okay, what, what is it that I need? Like, because this is not working for me. And why is it not working for me? And I got frustrated and I got really upset and I got cross and I shamed myself and I blamed myself and I shamed and blamed everybody else, you know, like it's, <laughs> but I had to really sit myself down and check in and, and, and think, why is this not working? Why am I not getting ahead? Why am I feeling drained? Why am I feeling used? Why am I feeling so exhausted? What, what can I do? Like something has to change. What can I do? going through the phases of what can the world do for me? Because, you know, you get into those really limited mindsets sometimes when life gets hard, right? And working through that, I think really did it for me to come to the conclusion, I need to change something. I need to change something. And what do I need to change? I've got no idea. Like I had no idea. I'm like, oh my God, I need to sit down. And what is it? 
and just really realizing, you know what, it doesn't work. This doesn't work. I'm not doing things the way other people do them, maybe, or the way I see it on social media or I see it on the telly or whatever. So making up my own mind and saying, here's what I wish I could do. Here's how I wish I could do it. Here's what I really desire to do with my life. Here is how I desire to do my life. Here is how I desire to feel. This is the person I desire to be. Really tuning in and saying, do you know what? Yes, people have told me stories. I've, I grew up around stories like everybody else. But at some point, we need to reparent ourselves, right? We need to look back and see, okay, this is where it comes from and forgive ourselves for creating the stories that we have created from it to be okay with that, to do the work, to move past that. And I'm still in doing the work. Like I'm seriously not perfect, <laughs> never will be. And I think I don't desire to be anymore either. And that's a big part of self-care for me as well. Ditching perfectionism, because it's really a way of being beyond reproach, right? It's a way of not being hurt, not, not being able to be hurt, but it doesn't work. I mean, that hit me deep to the core when you said like letting go of the perfectionism. I just wrote down like ditching perfectionism was a result of right. Taking better care of yourself. And it's this connection I see of when we are not making the time, taking the time and then actually doing the work, like you said, of really tuning into ourselves. But like to me, it's really creating the space to connect to yourself because when we're not doing that, whether we're getting caught up in narratives like perfectionism, people pleasing, we're staying distracted, right? We love to be busy. All this does is create this divergence from ourself, which is where, you know, as I mentioned earlier, kind of this, this word of personal power keeps showing up for me. And it's like, I think your own personal power or like authentic self is from actually getting in tune to yourself and defining what is self-care to me? Because what might be self-care to you might not resonate for me. Like maybe you enjoy, I don't know, reading poetry with a, a cup of tea. To me, I might say like, oh gosh, that would make me want to pull my hair out, right? But but something else might connect for me. And it's, we don't uncover those things without the quiet, the space, without the curiosity, right? Like you even mentioned it's, Sometimes it's even trial and error, you know, it's, it's keep trying different things to see what's landing with you and what's filling you up or what's, what's really not working for you. You know, you found that to be true in your experience. Absolutely. And especially the, I, I'm thinking changing my mind is okay. Mm. You know, the experimenting uh, bit of it, the, you know, how so many kids get raised with, if you pick up that guitar, we want you to learn that guitar. You make up your mind by the age of three to learn the piano, you know, like you have to decide by the age of 12 or something, you know, which which school to go to and, you know, like what job you're going to want to do and we're planning your entire life and we're teaching you that's how to think. And there is no deviation. There is no left, right, whatever. You're going you're going down that route in a story. And I, I grew up very much like that, again, because that's like a generational thing, like that's an intergenerational thing. It gets passed down. And for many, maybe there wasn't options or whatever, those stories get created and then they get passed down. And I am um, maybe less so now, but I used to be a very literal person. So whatever my parents or grandparents or whoever like had an influence on me, you know, 
told me I took that for granted. And I think many children do because that's just like how we make sense of the world. To get to the point where I realized, wait a second, I can change my mind. You know, that that was a great revelation for me to say, and that was sort of the seeds of it all, you know, to, to even learn by observing others that they change their mind. That's okay. Why do they change their mind? Can I change my mind? Am I allowed to? Do I have agency? You know, <laughs> yeah. do well, I have that permission? Yeah. And we, and gosh, brilliant that you just said the word permission. It's like so many of these stories that we, that were passed down to us, that we accepted to be truth. You don't even realize the stories without creating like the pause, like the space to even get curious or question. And right. So a story might play out for someone like you continue to self-sabotage or you continue to take this action that is really working against what is meaningful or what you value. But like you keep pattering it out because somewhere along the way, I mean, we know, you know, ages zero to seven are your most formidable years in terms of like your subconscious mind forming. And so think about how much we learn in those years from our parents raising us and right, they're doing it in good faith. They want to keep us safe. They want us to be on the quote unquote right track. But at some point we get to decide, like, what is my right track? If we don't create the time to get curious and do the work, all that ends up happening is we continue to pattern out these stories or these narratives, right? Like you mentioned perfectionism, like people pleasing, these rigid ways that we view the world. And I think we end up making it harder for ourselves, you know? Yeah. It's, I think when we're talking about self-care, what we're really talking about, and like I we have had a conversation about this, is really reclaiming your personal power. Mm. That that really is it's Self-care is reclaiming your power and reclaiming your power is self-care and it leads to self-love. It's all a big bunch of the same thing. It all leads to each other. I really, when talking about stories and passing down and there, there's so much to be had from a pause, to not be rushed, to not stay on autopilot, to let go of stuff that just doesn't work. I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my energy. I'm reclaiming my focus. I'm letting go of perfectionism. I'm cultivating creativity with that. I'm letting go of expectations, other people's and mine. And as a result of that, I'm inviting curiosity. I'm inviting learning. I'm walking away from toxic relationships or toxic situations. And as a result, I make space for healing. I make space for learning. It's really about being wise about what works simple example what works for me on social media like what conversations do i have to get involved in is this necessary right now can i even make a difference in this one what's my driver here yeah. is this an ego response that i'm having is this something that's not healed in my past pause pause check in reflect and then make a decision and so choose kindness and here's one thing I want to say about kindness, because that's something that gets mistaken for something else very, very often. Kindness is not necessarily being nice. It's quite more. often, yeah, it's quite often not got anything to do with that. Because if I understand being kind, and like kindness is a core value of mine, being kind, being a kind person, that's, a, that's an important thing for me. So if I mistake kindness as being nice, 
I'll try to be nice to everybody. And the end, the, the end result of it is I'm not being nice with myself. I'm not being kind to myself. I become a person who says yes to everything, even if they want to say, hell no. And I have done that in the past because of that simple, teeny, tiny misunderstanding, misinterpretation of what this one little word means. But kindness is really about doing the right thing, right? About having consideration, like consideration for yourself, your needs, for other people's needs. And sometimes the need is not to be nice, but to be authentic, to be truthful, to be direct sometimes. Well, and it also lends itself to something else we've talked about earlier is the importance of boundaries. Like I think that kindness we overlook, just like you said, we overlook the kindness to ourselves. Like I think being nice, I know that's a narrative that played out in my life of like, I wanted to be the nice girl that everybody thought like, oh, Alicia is so sweet. She's so kind. She's all this. And while I still believe that I'm a nice person, a kind person, I I realized I was doing it at the expense of myself. Like all this constant giving, 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 like over giving to people, things, I overlooked myself, you know, and I had no boundaries. Like somewhere along the line, we confuse boundaries as being like bad, like meaning that if we carve out something that's protected for us, like that you actually have choice in a matter of if someone asks you to do something, you still have the option to say no. Like we forget that. Like if it's competing against something that's important to you, you can decline that and just, it's a no, like it's, it's nothing to feel bad about or guilty about or shame around. It's, in fact, it's something to be celebrated because you're creating, you're, you're prioritizing yourself, you know, and so many of us struggle with that. Absolutely. Boundaries was, uh, oh, wow. That was a lesson to learn for me. <laughs> oh my, that was a lesson to learn. Like that's when the universe started screaming, like in that really screechy voice. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, tell me more about that. Again, you know, with the way I was brought up, boundaries weren't really a thing. Protecting myself, you know, wasn't really a thing to, to say, you know, like I, I was born 76, you know, like then growing up in the 80s, like things like body autonomy and stuff that wasn't really a concept that was flung around at the time. And I think it should have been be awesome if I'd been growing up with that, you know, knowing that, oh, I've got I've got agency here. I can I can say no to things, you know, and I can I can say yes to things. But to learn boundaries is really is a way of showing yourself love, but it's also a way of respecting other people. And not even just by respecting their boundaries, but to say, I've got my own. I'm going to be upfront with those. I'm going to be really clear about those. And I'm going to communicate them clearly as well, because that instantly lets other people know as well what I'm about. For me with boundaries, it was, I, I always felt like other people have them and that's like, that's, that's their right. But it also frustrated me because I didn't have them. So I didn't understand why they have a right that I don't have. And obviously I had that right. I was just not really being made aware. I didn't know that. So I just, it always felt out of balance. Like people have something that I don't have and they fare sort of well with it, but I'm really just drained and pulled and pushed in all sorts of directions. And I have to bend over backwards to be liked and whatnot. And with that, you know, that drive to be liked and my tendency was, and still is to some extent, to wait a considerable amount of time until something has pushed me to the absolute brink where I then will say, hang on, 
and I'm not going to say it as kindly as hang on, <laughs> you know, like by the time that point comes around, I'm going to be like much more forceful with that because I've reached the limit to realize though, that having boundaries, taking care of myself also means that I'm going to tune into what does that mean? Like, what do I need here? How can I communicate what that means? I have a right to communicate what I need. It's only fair to me. And frankly, it's fair to the other person as well. Because if you go for a very long time and you're being really, really, really nice with people and internally they wind you up and they cross your boundaries because they don't even know that you have them because whatever their conditioning is, but also you haven't been clear. It's a shocker by the time that you come out as a person who actually knows, wait a second, this isn't right for me. And I, 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 now I'm already really wound up and now I'm really, really re resentful and I hate everything and I hate everybody around me. <laughs> and it, it's really hard. By that time that then happens, the reaction is bigger than it would have been in the beginning. The, the thing that comes back from them is bigger than it probably would have been in the beginning. It, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But it's, just, it's, it's out of whack. You know, it doesn't go with the picture that we've been portraying because we've sort of signaled something for a very long time and then we flick a switch because we've had enough and we haven't found the confidence you know like the courage to understandably quite often to to say early on this this is my line it shall not be crossed you know like this is this is my limit here so it, it really is a lot about respecting ourselves being kind to ourselves respecting others being kind to them as well and just setting the the situation up for success right like a relationship like don't go into dating pretending you like every movie the other person likes you like exactly the same food you like the same travel destinations whatever your worldview is exactly the same because you want to be nice because you want to be liked, because you want, want it to work out and it's not actually true by the time you actually get to the point then where you say, wait a second, no, I actually absolutely despise that movie. I think it's everything that's wrong with the world. <laughs> you know, like they're not going to know what's hit them. It's not setting us up for success. Well, I think what you've described is, I know I identify with it. I know a lot of people do. It's almost like boundaries are established once we hit a breaking point. And it's, it's like, what if we could make empowered decisions about boundaries so that we didn't have to get to this point because all that ends up happening when we don't create and uphold boundaries in our life is we're constantly over giving we're giving so much of ourself our time our mind our body like whatever commitments and like what if we could just proactively know like what you will and won't give your time to or that it's okay to express what you really want. Like, I think it lends itself to seeing that creating boundaries, not from a place of a breaking point, from a, a, an empowered, like, what do I want for myself? I really think is an integral part of self-care, which turns into personal power, your authentic self, all that, because you're speaking what you need. And why do you think so many of us struggle to speak with what we need? That's like, that's a book full of material. It's a lot of layers. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot. I think a lot has to do with upbringing. A lot has to do with social conditioning, meaning making. What you've been told, what's, what, what meaning do you actually make of that? Because you could tell a person, you could tell, you could tell person A the same story as person B and they're going to make different meanings from it. 
right? Because they have different backgrounds, they're wired differently, whatever, you know, they, they come to different conclusions, but it's, it's a cycle, I think, that people get trapped in. I can look at my parents and I know that they were not raised to take care of themselves, like in terms of um, really speaking their own mind, you know, and honoring their own emotions, learning to communicate those emotions. And you can say it's a, it's a generational thing, you know, it's a certain age, but I don't, I've never honestly ever, ever, ever believed that never. Mm -hmm. It's about the breaking the cycle. Although I understand, you know, different times bring different challenges and that carries forward i understand all of that it's really about an individual decision to break the cycle and that's a really difficult thing because like in an evolutionary sense i think it makes perfect sense to want to go with the herd right like you want to you want to go with the masses because you you feel sort of safe with that and if you're the one breaking out that can go two ways or many other ways you know that that can go really well because suddenly you're revered for for your brilliant ideas and it can go really really wrong you know if if people are or maybe you come up with an idea that's not so helpful <laughs> but yeah. maybe maybe people just are not ready for what you have to say or they just for whatever reason disagree you know you can be really lonely which is why advocating can be a lonely experience being an activist can be a lonely experience which is something that you know like I work with as well I work with change makers and I call myself one but it's about finding out what's important for you, coming back to what I said, the what works, what doesn't work, and having the courage to break the cycle. And that's the cycle of overgiving, oversharing, exploiting ourselves, letting ourselves be exploited, abandoning ourselves, because I think that's what people pleasing is like, it's really that nice, nice, nice all the time. That's really us giving up on our own agency. And I think that's really, it's really important to break that cycle. Because that's really how we can start doing all the good that we can do. And I was to be the person that we are here to be, that we desire to be, because we get to make a decision here as well. It's to truly and authentically and unapologetically be ourselves. It takes a lot of courage. What are you noticing since having kind of the courage to break the cycle and put yourself first? You know, you're a coach. So I'm curious to see like, what are the outcomes you're observing with your clients? For me personally, um, I think it's a lot about relationships and what kind of situations I expose myself to. I really had to learn that not everybody deserves to hear my story. You know, it's not my responsibility to share everything with everyone so that they perfectly know who they're dealing with all the time because they're going to come to their own conclusions anyway. Yes, we need to be clear, you know, but I get to decide. Do I trust this person? Are they trustworthy? Have they shown me behavior that makes me think, okay, they'll make sense of this, they'll understand, you know, like they are worthy to hear me. They are worthy my of my focus or wh whatever it may be. It's a lot about relationships. Do I need to stay in this one? It, that, that doesn't have to be romantic necessarily. That, that can be friendships, that can be family, which is really important because a lot of sort of toxic behaviors can run in families and we feel locked in because we feel like we have a responsibility because people have raised us or we are blood relatives and blood is thicker than water it's not even important if it is or not you know it's just like what works and what doesn't work what's healthy what's not healthy and i think for me it's really like literally just giving myself a break and letting go of all the shaming that happens when you don't quite operate like other, other people operate so it's a lot about that. 
giving myself the space and time, giving myself the permission to choose my relationships. You know, it's not about other people choosing me. It's about me choosing them as well. You know, like I can also say they've chosen me, but I don't choose them or whatever feels right. Because it's your personal, like it's it's you, you have power in the situation too. So many of us, and whether it's from, you know, things that need healed in us of around the need for acceptance or this or that. I mean, as humans, we are wired, right, for connection, belonging, all this. And unfortunately, a lot of us without the proper boundaries or that connection to really understand what you as an individual need, we are so inclined to just like not recognize the choice we have in things because we just yearn for that acceptance so badly. So Mm -hmm. it is, I just think it's so great that you pointed that out because it can be toxic friendships, toxic work environments, toxic partners. It shows up in so many ways of just this God, that's just this longing to belong and we do it at all uh, costs, but we've never been doing this from a place of wholeness. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not authentic. And I guess the reason it resonates so clearly for me is that I lived my life like that for so long of just the constant need for the approval, the acceptance that was really a mask. What was crying out was internal acceptance and healing of all these areas, but I was seeking it externally. And I think through the commitment of getting to know myself, like a big thing for me has been recognizing, similar to you, I don't operate the same way. Like I am not someone who can stay up. Just like you said, I felt like I should be operating like other people around me, but all that was doing was not honoring me. Like Alicia, that's not Alicia's blueprint. Alicia's blueprint is not someone who can operate in XYZ fashion. When she starts prioritizing things like her rest, her activities that make her feel good, surrounding myself with people that are worthy of my time, right? And like, love me like I love them. The way I move forward in my life looks so different now. And it's it's really this shift of, of power and feeling empowered in my life now versus accepting what I thought was being offered to me because what if what if something else won't come my way and it's like no 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 like that's that's what I really hope people come to understand is like you are so worthy and like deserving of making empowered choices of what happens in your life like you don't have to accept anything but until we create the pause and the space to unravel the stories we're subscribing to we just keep patterning out the same things you know I love it. And it makes perfect sense. And it actually does remind me like, um, because you've asked like, what results do I get with my clients? It does remind me it's a lot around making empowered choices and checking in. Is this, is this something that is expected of you? Or even is it something that you think is expected of you, which is not always the same? Like what's the background? What's the driver here? What's, what's the conditioning? What's the assumption we're running on here? What I've seen in clients is varied. It goes from making decisions about their relationships, communicating more clearly clearly than they have before because they find that confidence and that valuing themselves, you know, where they say it's fair enough if I say this does or doesn't work for me. This is what I desire from this relationship. Same goes for work, same goes for even money mindset things. It's those limitations, it's that tension, it's that 
what I'm quite often seeing is the opposite of expansion. And it's all understandable, like there's no judgment. It makes perfect sense. It's quite often, most of the time, possibly every time, entirely logical even that people come to those conclusions. You know, that they cannot say in their relationship what they desire, that they cannot ask for accommodations at work or that they cannot even ask for money or say, do you know what I'm worthy of being paid? I'm delivering here, I'm providing a service. Quite often goes for artists, quite often goes for people in helping professions that feel like they have a responsibility. When you work with people that have a passion to do something good in the world, there's quite often a feeling like a sense of responsibility and I cannot ask for money and I have to give my time all the time and I have to be there essentially for everybody to take whatever they want and whatever is left I'll content with and there's not usually a lot left <laughs> to consent, yeah. content yourself with so it's really about empowering them to say you can take a stand you can you can value yourself it's going to lead to other people valuing you too but we need to start with you it is very present for me how much it's it's our responsibility to honor and take care of ourselves because if we don't other people aren't necessarily like we can't rely on someone else to do that like it's our responsibility to get in the driver's seat and start tuning into ourselves and it really does start with you and if if you're wanting to make a bigger impact in your community the world around you if you are not your whole self and you are not, you know, feeling your best mentally, physically, all that, you're, you're not going to be able to show up how you ultimately desire and understanding like what will work for you, like, which leads into boundaries. And it, it just struck me when you were talking about like the expansiveness and, mm -hmm. you know, something I, I didn't point out earlier, but I'm sure by now everyone's noticing um, Jasmine has a little bit of a different accent than from me. So Jasmine, <laughs> you tell us, tell us where do you live? I'm originally German, born and raised in Germany. I'm in Edinburgh, Scotland. I've been here for 12 years now. What year wow. is it? I don't know. Who knows what year it is? I know, um, right? It all feels you know, But roughly 12 years. <laughs> the reason I wanted to point that out is that, well, one, you're the first international guest of the Wake Up Call podcast. So that Woo! is- Yay! So exciting! <laughs> but I pointed out to say, it is not lost on me how common the experience is we have as humans, regardless of where we live, right? Like you and I grew up on different continents, like have only knew each other right through our coach training program. We got brought together yeah. yet. It's been neat to see and witness these common experiences, both like the struggles, the fun things that like just the human experience, right? It knows no borders or boundaries, right? Like we're all in this thing together. And I just, from boundaries to self-care to personal power, this is something that is, is universal. And I just, I really value and appreciate the insights you've shared with all of us today. And I'm curious if you would go ahead, would you share with us, how do we connect with you? How do we find you on social media or LinkedIn? If someone wants to know more about you or learn more about your coaching, what's the best way to find you? So you can go on my website, my company website, that is www.cordialfox.com forward slash coaching. <laughs> on Instagram, I am at Jasmine underscore Igner because somebody else already had my name. Imagine that. Isn't that wild? I know the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the best options at the moment. 
Perfect. And we'll include all the ways that you've outlined. We'll put them in the show notes so that if people want to know where to find you, they'll have that available to them. So Jasmine, it has been an honor and a privilege to connect with you on the Wake Up Call podcast. I thank you so much for being here. I think the listeners are going to grab a lot of really good nuggets from this. And everyone who's listening, thank you so much for being here. I hope that you found this conversation valuable and that something resonated with you that you can bring forward in your life. And take those steps to reclaim your personal power and show up up as your authentic self, question the narratives that are playing out in your life and see what happens when you start stepping into things that are authentic and true to you. So guys, thank you so much. I cannot wait to connect with you on a future episode. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Wake Up Call podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review. It takes just a few minutes and does wonders for helping other people find the podcast. If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you can do so by following at Alicia D. Hopkins on Instagram. And if you really like the episode you just listened to, do me a favor. Would you screenshot the episode and tag me? I would love to see what's resonating with you. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope today's episode helped you to see that you can wake up to the change that's possible in your life. 